talk money, if you don't talk that, mm, don't talk to me. If you don't talk fast, then you must talk funny. Hit it off with your bra real raw like it's Monday, it must be. All the cash I make on the day to day, while she make her way to the concert, she bots up my Jake the Snake. This in the rough, get gone, I got place to make. I got the juice like moving through that make moves. This shit like pay per views, I pay dues. Bobby Money made that flame, I came through. Whole bars like there ain't no rules. Talk, you been up the top row, hey, big splash. What's going on with all the Bobbies out there? Welcome to episode 24 of the Talk Is Money Pro Wrestling Podcast. It is I, it is I, the M-O-N-E-Y, Bobby Money. And today we have a returning guest to the show. She is my future WWE manager. Please welcome back, Rain. What's going on, Rain? How you doing? Hey, how are you? I'm doing absolutely great. It's nice to have you back on the show, making your second appearance. I appreciate it. So today we'll go ahead and cover, um, pretty much uh, cover some backlash, cover a little bit of raw, and whatever you know floats our boat. But uh, yeah, this, first things first. Let's talk backlash. So backlash was about a week ago. We're a little late to the party with this one, but I definitely wanted to get your thoughts and opinion on what you thought was at least entertaining or enjoyable uh, in, on backlash. So what did you think about the show? I guess, like, for me, we should address the, the big elephant in the room here. It's the greatest wrestling match ever between Randy Orton and Edge. I mean, personally, for me, I loved it. Um, I mean, I love how they had, you know, they used, like, the different finishers from, from you know, other wrestlers like Triple H. I think, was it Randy who tried a pedigree? And then uh, Edge with uh, the rock bottom. Right. And the match was what, like 45 minutes or so? Yeah, it went about 44 minutes or so. It was actually longer uh, by a few minutes than their last man standing match at WrestleMania. Uh, and I mentioned that um, I mentioned that before, but what, what the difference is here is that, you know, while the, lo- the last man standing match was very long, it was because it wasn't your typical wrestling match and they did a mm-hmm, lot of what mm-hmm. they call uh, walk brawling. So, you know, at least with this match, they actually gave us a real, like, interesting, intriguing pro wrestling match. Yeah, and I love how, like, um, I guess production-wise, they had all these camera angles. I mean, you could see the little uh, GoPros that they've installed on the turnbuckles. I thought those are really cool, especially the shots from um, from right above Edge and Orton. Mm-hmm. I thought that was super cool. Um, the only thing I didn't like about this match, though, was the uh, questionable logo. Like, I thought everything was good, and we're trying to prove that that Orton was the better wrestler between the two. So why have that questionable low blow? Because to me, it's like it doesn't it doesn't scream that Orton was the better wrestler. Yeah, of course not. You know, I and I agree. You know, there was actually a few things about this match uh, that I didn't like, but uh, I think that the positives uh, overshadowed the negatives, in my opinion. But if we are mm-hmm. to cover at least some of the negatives, you know, Orton he he's he's sadistic. He doesn't you know he's almost like definitely conflicted in his mind when it when especially when it comes to this particular angle um storyline that he's having with edge where there's moments mm-hmm. where you see like the friend in him try to come out and like console him but still he has that predatory sadistic sadistic side of him that comes out very obviously with the punt kick and all of that busting it out after i, I don't know, think like seven or eight years since he last used it so yeah i mean there were some negatives to that but i try not to let it overshadow uh, all the great things mm-hmm. that happened in this match. Uh, another thing that probably uh, most people didn't like, I didn't enjoy, was uh, all the false finishes at the end. While they can be exciting uh, when when kept to a minimum, I felt that there was a lot of false mm-hmm. finishes. It was, but it was nice that they broke out uh, a couple of old school. Um, uh, signature moves, such as you said, the rock bottom, the pedigree, and it all plays into uh, the the idea of the match, which I also mentioned prior before uh, with my friend, is that I feel that the, this slogan of the greatest match ever is more so 
a concept than it was a uh, like trying to claim it as a, being the best match ever of all time because it's hard to mm-hmm. claim that for a match before it even happens. That's something you discuss as an opinion after the fact. Once you've uh, seen everything and take it into hindsight, then you can say, hey, after all this, I think it is the greatest match ever. But with this match, it was more of uh, like an homage to to old school or just professional to all the greats yeah to all the greats it was a love letter to professional wrestling because like you mentioned you had all these extra camera shots you had the overhead camera shot which i'm not sure if you're familiar one of the most famous wrestling matches that had that overhead uh, camera shot was bret hart versus owen hart at wrestlemania uh in their um it was the first match of the night and there was a couple shots from above where you would see and it was it, it gave you a new uh, gave you new angles to to a wrestling match you hadn't seen prior so they brought that into this match um you know they piped in the crowd uh you know the crowd noise to kind of give it a, a, a bigger feel mm-hmm. um and you know you have the the nice touch in the beginning of the match where you have the MSG old school mic come down and you have, I know. Uh, <laughs> and then you have Howard Finkel do the intro and if you also notice the referee had the old school blue shirt with the bow tie so it was definitely an mm-hmm. old school feel they try to make it feel like again like a love letter to pro wrestling so i i for all the things that i guess didn't work i think that there was more pop more positive than negative yeah and i also love how you know, they set up this this whole match not just like going into the pay-per-view itself but also during the pay-per-view i mean we opened the show with with a package of uh, edge and orton like their rivalry and then they're out the night you know we see different things about them leading up to the main event so i thought i thought it was just i thought it wasn't just okay the main event is edge and orton no it wasn't just that it was the whole show revolved around them or at least the build-up you know throughout the night leading up to the main event i thought that was really nice that they did that Nice touch, definitely. I mean, that's that's what I like in typically any wrestling show, whether it be a Raw, SmackDown, or a pay-per-view like this. It, there's always should be a thread throughout the show and, and kind of like, yeah, it's a, it was the main event, but, you know, they can't, mm-hmm. have to remind you of the importance of this, of this, like, tune in. You have to stick around for this, even though you might not like what you're watching currently, you know, you know early on in the pay-per-view. But stick around for this. You want to watch Randy Orton and, and Edge in the greatest match ever while they overhyped it like crazy. You know, that's the point. You know, that's what a good promoter does. They keep you hooked throughout the show. So if there's every, anything that drags uh, throughout the show, at least you have that hook to keep you sticking around and, and, and wait till the very end to watch this, this great epic match. Yeah. And I love how like towards the end, like after Randy Orton won the match, like when he talked to Edge about, you know, how Edge should just go home and uh, he even called him with his like real name, Adam, that go home, go home, Adam, you know, go home to your family. And then Edge, like his look, just him just looking like he was confused, like he's questioning himself why he even did it. It was, I don't know, that look on his face was priceless. It was amazing. Like, I know, I mean, you can tell he was hurt or, or you know, he was shocked that he, he lost or, or maybe a look of disbelief that he didn't win. But it's like, that was priceless to me. I wish I could frame that look from Edge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I agree. I mean, that, that, the Edge, he, he's definitely an old, it, it, both of them, I, I would say both Orton and Edge, but Edge definitely is, is a, a student of the game. He's, mm-hmm. he's that old school, like, mentality wrestler where every, all the little details matter, you know, especially for, for individuals like us to pay attention and, and, and care about the uh, about those details little things like that um especially yeah he was he had his eyes open and he's like staring off into into the to the light and yeah you, you, you that look you know it's almost like it's it, this is a whole new version of edge of adam copeland i should say um because he's just mm-hmm. more well-rounded not just as a wrestler or performer but as an actor because he you mm-hmm. know since he stepped away from wrestling uh by force um into retirement you know he's taken on a lot of acting roles and you know i'm sure that in that time he's you know he's trained to just be better better uh get better at it you know hone his craft that's what he does he's a perfectionist he wants to be the best at what he does so this time around, when he came back to the WWE from the very beginning, from the Royal Rumble um, into all the promos going after, you saw you saw more of an uh, of a performance in him. He 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 cared about those de- those details. So at the end of that match, when he's laying there, you know, 
you're in your typical fashion when someone loses, you know, they, they just they look knocked out. They play dead, as they, as they say, have their eyes closed, just look like they're knocked mm-hmm. out. But Edge was there, had his eyes open, and he just looked defeated. And he just, mm-hmm. you know, like he's soaking in this moment, like, God damn, like, I couldn't get it done. Like, like you said, he's questioning himself. And you see all of that without him saying one word. It's just on his, uh, his, yep. his, uh, in his facials and the way that uh, that Orton is just talking to him and, like, you know, like the obviously there's no mic on them, but like they're t- they're talking to each other, like because you know obviously we're, the the camera's gonna pick up what they're saying, but you know they're, they're, it's almost like they're having this intimate moment between two two, I guess friends or ex friends, whatever you want to call it. So yeah, all those details matter, and, and everything within the match, the details matter. So yeah, I mean when you when, when you have these type of performers, especially guys who've been doing it for twenty plus years, you're gonna get mm-hmm. a certain type of. Um, certain type of show from them you're gonna get that that extra that you don't get from you know the rest of the roster it's hard to compare because these guys are old school but i mean that's i guess how i felt about the match that's true now i'm I'm just wondering what's next because i always thought that this match it would be for randy orton which would ended up happening i'm just wondering now what's next because i figured once orton wins at backlash then it's going to be you know one is to one, and then they'll they'll settle the score, you know, at SummerSlam. But now that Edge is injured, like I don't know what's going to happen now. Yeah. Maybe they're going to drag this along until Edge can come back. They'll probably come back to it. I mean, it's one of those things that WWE does from time to time. They'll put put a storyline on ice until they're able to come back to it. So they'll leave it pretty open ended. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, as you can see, they kind of try to. Uh, plant more seeds when they um, I'm sure you mentioned you watched Raw last week so you saw them plant the seeds when they had Christian come back to Christian, yeah. the honor of his friend mm-hmm. and at the end of the show we get teasing and thinking we were going to get some type of interaction or match when all we get is the low blow from Ric Flair and then another pun kick to take out Christian so I thought it was a good way you know a lot of times uh, WWE will play that bait and switch with you where they'll hook you for something, expecting something, and then at the end you don't get that. But mm-hmm. I, I mean, I kind of went into this thinking I don't, I, I don't, I didn't believe that Christian was gonna actually wrestle the match, especially on <laughs> uh, a quick throwaway Raw like that. Even though last last week's Raw was pretty decent, but um, I expected them to kind of get around it somehow, and it was just unique that they would bring. Ric Flair into the fold, being an, a mentor of of uh, Randy Orton um, to assist him with getting Christian out of out of the picture. So I see them planting seeds, and they'll. I do believe they'll eventually come back to this at some point. Uh, with the injury that that Edge uh, suffered, he'll be out about you know seven or eight months. So we're probably not going to see him again, at least in a wrestling capacity, until possibly next year WrestleMania. We might get him, you know, leading into WrestleMania with promos, but nothing, mm. uh, no, like, interaction physically with people. You know, you want to anticipate that, so when we see him again, it'll mean that much more. And sometimes that's that's good That's good in this case. So as far as them coming back to this, I don't know if they will do that right away because I'm not so fond of seeing another Edge and Orton match at next year's Mania. But if, if, the, if the right story is being told and the right characters and supporting cast members are implemented into the storyline, it could work for me. That is true. Maybe they'll have Orton do that legend killer uh, gimmick again for the next few months. I see that happening. That's a great point, too, because, you know, he, he talked about how after this whole ordeal with Edge, he, he was happy to kind of bring back the legend killer persona, and he's kind of doing that. You know, he takes out Edge, takes out Christian. Mm-hmm. Who's he going to take out next? He might take out Ric Flair because that's something that the sadistic Randy Orton would do. Um, he might take out Ric Flair and just kind of go on this 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 rampage of taking out a couple, uh, you know, big stars. Until, and I see, I see this version of Randy Orton, even though, I hate to have to see him in the main event picture or in the title picture so often, but it's been a while since we've seen him involved in a title picture. So I think this version of Edge could work if built correctly, uh, which they are doing so far against maybe a Drew McIntyre for the WWE title. Now, do I see Orton taking the title? No, but um, it would definitely be an interesting match to see uh, them go back and forth and promos and, and see what kind of storyline they can uh, wrap around it. That is true. I'd love to see that because – so well, now that you mentioned Drew McIntyre, I mean, let's talk about the WWE Championship. I mean, I didn't expect, well, actually, I didn't expect a lot between Lashley and, and McIntyre. Just because wrestling-wise, like with Bobby Lashley, I know he's powerful. But I don't think he moves that well com- 
compared to Drew McIntyre. So I wasn't sure how their chemistry would be. But I actually was happy with what I saw at Backlash. I thought they they actually worked well together, given that they're both, you know, big guys. Um, It seemed like, I mean, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't like the best, too. Um, But but Drew McIntyre winning, uh, thanks to Lana just coming out there and causing a distraction. I thought it could have done, I, I thought they could have gotten away without Lana coming out. Because I wanted Drew McIntyre to win, you know, just fair and square. Just, yeah, because it's like I didn't want, you know, for for us to question, okay, wait, can Drew McIntyre really beat Bobby Lashley? You know, but um, going back to Edge's reaction, I mean, just remember Lana's reaction (laughs) to close close out this uh, segment. I thought that was priceless, too. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, yeah. when when using the right you know situations, most performers in this case Lana um, can can play their roles well. Like now, where mm-hmm. do we go from here? It's hard to say. I mean, like uh, like you mentioned, you did watch Raw, so obviously they're going in the divorce uh, you know stage of the storyline, which mm-hmm. had to happen. I mean, uh, you know, for the long for, for the longest, you know, they've been using Lashley's kind of like a I wouldn't say comedic role, but more in like a kind of like old school, like you know. Attitude Era storyline with him and, and Lana, it wasn't doing him any favors, is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. So as far as in, in coming back to uh, the WWE title match between Drew and uh, Bobby Lashley, I also didn't expect much going into it. Um, you know, the storyline was somewhat intriguing going into it, but I also expected Drew to get a decisive win. But, I mean, you want to continue to build strong characters and strong, uh, you know, uh, strong wrestlers in the WWE, especially on Monday Night Raw. You got to have, you know, good challengers to come up to to face uh, a Drew McIntyre who's on the top of his game. And, you know, you don't want to have any wishy-washy type of characters in the title picture uh, like The Miz and John Morrison, for example. (laughs) But uh, I digress. So as far as that that match went, after the fact, I was very pleased with what I saw. Yeah, they could have ended it a little differently, but I felt to keep Bobby Lashley looking strong, even in defeat, there was, this was probably one of two ways they could have gone around it. I mean, okay. the, the other ways they could have had MVP try to ruin it. But the thing is, I like the pairing of MVP and and uh, Bobby Lashley. Cause oh, my God. Yeah. With, yeah. With MVP at his side, he brings legitimacy to Bobby Lashley. And in, and, and with that being said, it makes Bobby Lashley look more like a, a like a real deal uh, monster. And, you know, Bobby Lashley has a history of MMA. He had years of experience with wrestling. Uh, he had great matches when he was with uh, TNA slash Impact. You know, uh, I'm not sh- I'm not sure if you're familiar with any of his work down there, but he did a lot of great work down there. And um, another another note to that, MVP was also with Mouthpiece in TNA and Impact. So there's already a history there, and there's already there's already there's already um, you know moments that they've had that that I saw that work. So I feel that they kind of came back to this because. It could work with Bobby Lashley and maybe at MVP. I hope that he does get more clients uh, mm-hmm. because I think that he can bring a lot more legitimacy to other individuals on the Raw roster because he's no longer working as a backstage producer as he originally was when he came back. Now he's just pretty much an on-screen role uh, character. So I think that using him in this capacity works really well because MVP can talk and he just he's he, in a sense he is a veteran, so he knows what to do and how to how to make a character work. Um, and in this case, it is working for Bobby Lashley. So where, whereas I, I, I wasn't 100% on their finish, I think it was necessary to continue to build Bobby Lashley. If he's not going to continue in the title picture, at least in his next feud or next storyline, he can continue to uh, to uh, build on his that momentum that he got coming out of that championship match. Yeah, I mean, remember that time when Bobby Lashley had Leo Rush? Yeah. I thought that was... I don't know if it's silly or rush, but like I just didn't think it worked well for both of them. But like comparing that to MVP and Bobby Lashley, I mean, I this whole manager character for MVP, I mean, it makes him the real MVP. Just he really is MVP. I mean, yeah, <laughs> pun intended. He really is the MVP of the situation. And I always, I've always been an MVP guy, even from his first run with WWE. I always saw mm-hmm. a lot of potential in him. And if he had continued building on that, I totally could have seen him as a future world champion. I think that I, I read somewhere that Vince even kind of envisioned that for him too. You know, before things didn't work out. But that's typically what happens with certain characters. 
But with uh, with MVP, he totally could have been uh, uh, a, a viable world champion in his time. Um, you know, those are days, but you know, behind him. But yeah, I definitely think that their current pairing works and just trying to get away from the Lana thing, get, go through the divorce, get that out of the way. And mm-hmm. if it means Lana having to, you know, pair up with somebody else to go against Bobby and MVP, so be it, whatever. If you want to drag that out a little bit more, but I'd be, I'd be happier just moving on from this after some, you know, some epic divorce they have on a, an episode of raw, just get it over with and move forward. Because uh, I think that bigger, bigger things can come for Bobby Lashley. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, because like just picturing how like Lana would find someone to fight Bobby Lashley, you know, because they're going through a divorce. I mean, it's that storyline has been done, you know, like you know, with Lana divorcing Rusev and you know Bobby Lashley fighting Rusev. That's that's been done. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Lana, but in general, yeah, I'm over. Yeah, so I figured like maybe for Lana, I here's my thing with Lana. I think she's a great performer, like. You know, she's a great actress. However, she, she she's not really a great wrestler. So maybe they can you're find. Nice. You're being too nice. I, I'm being too nice. <laughs> I just figured, you know, maybe they can find something for her. I mean, Zelina Vega has been successful, you know, being a manager. I mean, I know she can wrestle, but at least, you know, her, you know, being a manager right now, it works so well for her. I agree maybe like, like, where are you going with this? I don't mean to interrupt, but that's a great point because, you know, if we do remember. Back when when Lana and Lash uh, Lashley when Lana and Rusev first came onto the main roster, they started mm-hmm. off in NXT. That's where they met for the first time, and that's when they got married. Well, uh, you know, became came into a relationship. But uh, when it comes to uh, Lana, she can bring heat. She knows how to work, mm-hmm. you know, the mic, and in the right role, she can add legitimacy also to someone. Mm-hmm. She did that with Rusev. I promise you. Uh, I mean, that first run he had, it worked mostly because Lana was getting him over because she knew how to how to bring the heat and he would he would he would be like the he would be like the Lesnar to to Paul Heyman where um mm-hmm. you know he would get it done in the ring he looked like a monster so you could do the same thing with Lana but maybe not do it with a male wrestler maybe she could do it with a female wrestler you know we haven't seen that uh, in a while, you see a woman, uh, you know, be a manager for uh, a female wrestler. I think that she could do that. Now, it just has depends on the person. Because as we can see uh, most recently, it looks like Lana and um, Natalia. Natalia. They might start building something. I'm not a fan of that just because Natalia, you could, you couldn't, you could pair her with Paul Heyman and it's not going to work because she just, you know, she's, she's. I don't want to speak badly about Natalia. But it's just she's a great competitor. She she great in the ring. She she has great ring psychology. But I just don't think there's any character that could that she can make work. But if mm-hmm. you put Lana with someone else who maybe is lacking a bit on on the mic, but you know gets it done in the ring, mm-hmm. I can see that happening. I mean, I can't think of anyone on the top off the top of my head, but I or it could even be someone that comes up from NXT. You know, bring someone mm-hmm. brand new who's not really much of a talker. Have Lonnie, L- Lonnie, Lana back him up, and I think that that could work in in, in some scenario. See, now that you mentioned that, now I'm thinking, what if they didn't do this whole, you know, Lana and Liv Morgan relationship um, storyline? See, because Liv Morgan is trying to find you know, herself, right. then this is part where and Lana can you know get in a picture and help Liv Morgan find herself. That's not a bad. That's not a bad idea. Honestly, that's something they could potentially come back to. I mean, if they, if it's done right, I mean, they could tie in the original reason why uh, Liv had come back, and it, it, it they could tie it into you know how Lana you know you know feel bad about it, and she wants to me- make amends with Liv and help find direction, and they can do that. That could definitely work. And just I wouldn't say so much to repackage Liv because. You know, lives on the right track. It's just she mm-hmm. hasn't found, gotten the momentum to get going. You know, they had her go over a couple matches with Ruby Riot, which I feel bad for Ruby Riot because she's a great competitor. She, you know, she she's also a veteran and she knows how to talk too. So the fact that they brought her brought her back just for that after having double shoulder surgery and then just put her back on on ice, I don't, I don't, I think that's a, a, a misuse of such a great performer, but. I am also big on Liv Morgan for many reasons. She has a great look. She can mm-hmm. wrestle, um, you know, with some more seasoning and with the right kind of, you know, storyline. She can get some traction and get some momentum going, especially if she does have a mouthpiece like Lana. Because mm-hmm. while Liv can talk, or at least hold her, her end on the mic, it would be beneficial to have Lana at her best. And, you know, not being this crybaby character, but just really be like a serious, you know, uh, valet or manager, whatever you want to call her, uh, uh, devil's advocate or whatever, and 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 make it happen. You be the advocate to Liv Morgan. So that that's a great that's a great pairing that you brought up. 
Yeah, well, hopefully WWE is listening to us right now and then they're taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was, I wouldn't be surprised, though, because, you know, I, I, I listen to a lot of wrestling podcasts. And sometimes some ideas that randomly come up in those podcasts, you'll see coming on um, on WWTV or just mm-hmm. wrestling in general. So, you know, I wouldn't put it past them. You know, they probably have people out there listening. I mean, you, you do have Bruce Pritchard, who's now the head of Raw and SmackDown, and mm-hmm. he is essentially the king of podcasts. You know, he's still running that podcast, so you never know. You just- You'll never know. I mean, they're probably, like, listening to, you know, what people talk about and wrestling podcasts, and then they're like, oh, that's a good idea. You know, let's, uh, let's try that. Well, so if, the, if if Lana becomes uh, Liv Morgan's uh, manager, you know, you guys heard it. You guys first heard it here, okay? Heard it <laughs> Remember here. us. Give us, <laughs> give us the credit, yeah. But, you know, I, I, as long, I mean, for me, it's not about... Taking the credit, just as long as they take from from these conversations and they put it to good use, mm-hmm. that's all I care about. Because I mean, I want to watch good programming, and then if it, if that means you know take, taking ideas from podcasts, you know, so be it. Because I, yeah. I I just want to be entertained with, with wrestling. It's like I say, it's my soap opera, and I I want I want to look forward to coming home after work on after a long day's work on a Monday and sit down and watch. Uh, entertaining three hours of Raw. Like, le- more lately, I've been trying to get through Raw all in one sitting, which has been hard in the past. I don't remember the last time I would regularly do that. Usually, I would split Raw um, hour, an hour and a half on Monday, an hour and a half on Tuesday, just because mm-hmm. there's not any real wrestling on to watch on uh, Tuesday. So, I try to break it down like that. But I've been doing my best just because it's been a little more, uh, I guess, it's been able to hold my attention a little more. So, I, I give them that credit. I, I'm Whatever changes they're making there, um, it's it's kind of working, so I just hope they continue that momentum. But uh, yeah, as far as uh, backlash goes, I di- we digress again. Was there anything else that stood out for you uh, on that show besides you know Randy and uh, Edge and uh, the W title match with uh, Bobby Lashley and Drew? Was there anything else that caught your eye? Uh, the Raw Women's Championship match between Oscar and Nia Jax. I was What's shocked. That? I was shocked that it ended in a double countout because I thought this was just a way to like get rid of Nia Jax as, you know, a challenger, right, for, for the Raw Women's Championship so they can finally slide in Charlotte Flair and then start this whole Charlotte Flair-Oscar rivalry. We're already doing that. <laughs> Charlotte is so exposed that she's going she's gonna to get a, a, a piece of the pie in every, every, mm-hmm. every women's feud that's going on on Raw on SmackDown, and probably still NXT. So she's always going to get involved. But, yeah, um, I was surprised with that, too. I mean, you don't often, and, you know, even though I know that uh, pay-per-views or special events, whatever you want to call them now, are a little less special because, you know, you no longer have to dish out $50 like the old days to, to watch the event, you, you know, where WWE is kind of forced to provide, you know, quality endings to to sh- to uh storylines to you know uh give a good payoff to the 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 paying the paying customer now you know it's just a monthly thing you know it's just a special event mm-hmm. it's like it's like a uh glorified monday night raw or smackdown without commercials and that's a little unfortunate but you know and sometimes they do have hit shows as far as the special events it's always hit or miss with these pay-per-views you just never know but yeah as far as that goes especially for a Raw Women's or any World Championship match, you expect to have a, a clean finish or some type of finish, um, even maybe an interference finish, you know, where someone comes in and helps the challenger or the champion. But, yeah, to have a double count-out, that's, that's not a that's not a, that's not not appropriate for a pay-per-view. Not, I mean, it, it, it's not really even appropriate for, like, a Monday Night Raw or SmackDown, but you can get away with it because it's free television. But, yeah, you don't expect that. And all that did was essentially elongate the storyline between Nia and... and um, yeah, because like the ma- next Monday on Raw, um, it's just, I mean, the, Nia had her shot again, but then she didn't end up winning. Right. It's like, so are we going to keep stretching this or are we just going to, you know, let it go? And then, you know what, find some somebody else that maybe Shayna Baszler, which I thought was really sure. deserved that spot oh, to yeah. face Oscar. <laughs> yeah, she, that's, that's great you brought that up. I'm glad you brought that up because um, I'm sure you're aware that, you know, Vince is essentially soured. On, on Shayna Baszler, which is unfortunate because, you know, she had potential to be, I, I mean, I wouldn't say a mainstay in, in the on the title picture on Raw, um, but at least a, a, a good challenger for yeah. her because of how dominant um, that Shayna was. Essentially, Shayna was the next dominant champion or female wrestler on NXT after Asuka left. So 
I felt like it would have been nice to see the two of them lock up in, in, in a good storyline that stretches out an, mm-hmm. after, over a few matches and to kind of help build on the uh, the the championship reign of Asuka. Because I feel so far after the way she you know she won it, I mean, I'm, I'm not a big fan of how she won it, but it had to be done because there was no way for Becky to defend the title against Asuka. Mm-hmm. You know, for reasons we know now, but yeah, in that case, you know what you want to start her reign off strong and build, bring on a good competitor that can take her to her limit. And if if it if, if looks like a challenger that can potentially take the title from her, just because of how dominant Sheena looked coming onto the main roster against Becky. I agree. I mean, because remember when uh, Shayna Baszler faced um, Becky Lynch at WrestleMania? Did you, I mean I? Don't remember if she actually got a rematch, which rarely happens now, right? After you lose a championship match, but I figured she somehow, you know, needs that shot at some point. I would be really upset if Oscar ends up facing Charlotte Flair after Nia Jax, because I, I as much as I love Charlotte Flair, I just can't stand the whole this whole thing of her being on every show. Just, you know, because she's the most dominant woman that we have right now. And then just, you know, getting one one uh, championship after another. I think other women deserve, you know, a, a shot and a chance to become a champion, aside from Charlotte Flair. Well, agreed, agreed. I mean, Charlotte's going to get to 16. We all know she's going to be mm-hmm. a We know that. She's already, what, at, at 10 or 11? Yeah. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, she's going to have her chances. But I hate to burst your bubble, but you, we know that... Charlotte is already the next competitor for the title. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to ruin Raw tonight because we are recording right now on a Monday. But um, as I was trying to catch up on Raw, Asuka was having a match with Charlotte. I don't, I don't believe Oh, God, I'm not going to watch it anymore. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, don't, I don't believe it was for the title because I don't think that – well, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was for the title. But, yeah, they, they've already had a couple matches. So it sucks because that could have been something you could have built on if you didn't have them go up against each other so many times already mm-hmm, before mm-hmm. getting to this uh, this feud. But, yeah, I mean, it's just – Charlotte is the – I mean, I'm always going to give credit to Charlotte. I mean, because it's not her fault that she's on all the shows. It's just she's kind of like the, the linchpin holding this whole thing together because Vince mm-hmm, believes she mm-hmm. brings ratings, which she, it's already been proven going down to NXT that she's not really doing that. So that's, that experiment didn't work out, and now she's back on Raw just playing her role and – and you know it, it. It is what it is. I mean, I, I she's been overexposed. What can you say? But it, it's Oscar. Just yeah, like you said, they need to bring on more fresh talent for Oscar to take down. Because I want to see Oscar have a nice reign, and I want to see that 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 mean streak. If they're not going to turn her heel, which I don't see them doing again anytime soon, mm-hmm. um, if they're going to have Oscar kind of be the top women's you know champion after Becky, um, you have to you want to give her back that mean streak. You want to add those elements back to Oscar. That uh that she she used so well down in NXT and even uh, in her initial uh run on Raw when he brought her to the main roster where she went undefeated still for a few more months before you know Charlotte took her down on Mania but yeah I mean you could bring those elements back to her without necessarily changing her a whole lot because Asuka is such a veteran that she can make it work I mean mm-hmm. she made everything work so far that they've given to her um and and so giving her the championship obviously have some faith in her. That she's gonna do something well, so give her some good competitors, and I think Shayna would be a good competitor. You know, if not right now, then hopefully, you know, someone backstage will help convince, uh, you know, Vince that hey, let's give her, a sh- let's give Shayna another shot. Let's see what she can do. I think she can get the job done, and especially with someone the caliber of Asuka to kind of, I wouldn't say carry the feud, but at least you know, do the the, the heavy lifting for that feud and that in those matches, it could be done, and it could be mm-hmm. done well. Well, what about Ruby Riot? Her too. That's another one I was going to mention as well. She's another competitor that I think that would go up against Oscar well because last we seen of Ruby, she was a heel, and mm-hmm. Oscar being a face. I think that those can be good competitors uh, for Oscar. I mean, who who comes after that? We don't know. But if they if they are able to extend those feuds, with, if they were to bring Sheena up uh, again and um, and and bring back Ruby Riot, Ruby that, can, that can buy yeah, that could buy us a few more months, maybe three four months, and keep Oscar looking strong until they air mm-hmm. And in the meantime, 
they could start building someone else like a Liv Morgan, like we mentioned, if they uh, pair her with like Alana in our mm-hmm. fantasy booking, they can, you know, build her up for a few months. And then, you know, finally, when the time comes that Asuka's had a nice little streak there, then you can have Liv, I wouldn't say take the title, but at least be a viable contender, something fresh, something new, because mm-hmm. Liv has never been in the title picture before. So this would be something different and something fresh. And I think with the right buildup, it could be it could it could be entertaining. Yeah, and that would be nice, too, if Liv Morgan gets that shot because they've been – I mean, she's been saying that she's going to be a future women's champion. So I think she will be. The, yeah, I think so, too. Um, but, you know, right place, right time. Because um, I can't – like, I see something in her that I don't see in other um, uh, female wrestlers. Um, but I just don't think it's going to happen soon. Like, in my mind, uh, to be honest with you, I'm thinking – well, at least for me, it's like more of like a my fantasy booking would be, you know, Oscar would face Ruby Riot first. And then from Ruby Riot, she moves on with Shayna Baszler and then either Charlotte Flair or you go to Liv Morgan and then you go to Charlotte Flair if, you know, if it's Liv Morgan first. Right. And, you know, looking right now at the uh, Raw women's roster, because I just wanted to see who who's still on here that we haven't mentioned. I forgot that, you know, Bianca Belair, you know, she originally came up from... Oh, my uh, God, yeah. She came up <laughs> to the roster, and she was there for, like, a cup of coffee, and she disappeared, and God knows where. Um, and I think that if the... She'd be a great competitor for Asuka. Oh, yeah. I have a lot of faith in Bianca Belair. I've loved her work in NXT. She has a good grasp of her character. Now, I'm sure WWE would... would tweak it a little bit but not mm-hmm. too much and i think bianca belair whatever they give her she could do her best to make it work and and you know since she's been off tv for a little while you could bring her back as a heel she doesn't have they brought her back to, with uh with the, the street profits but there was no real reason for that we don't need to worry about the relationship she has with montez for because you know, montez <laughs> is doing his thing and i think bianca is is, is better off without that because she mm-hmm. does well so much better on her, on own. her own. Yeah. So there's no need to have her connected with, with her man, her boo and, 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 and Angela Dawkins. Have her on her own. Go go back to her heel tactics and, and that could work well against Asuka. I'm not sure if they've had a match together. I think they probably have when Asuka was down in NXT still. But I think with where Bianca is now and how much she has seasoned as a wrestler from, you know, she's only been in the business for a few years. You know, she's still pretty green, but she still gets the job done. I'm She's a believable competitor and she is an athlete uh, above all else. So I think she'd be a great competitor. You know, you also have, who else we got here? Um, well, we went over Shayna. We went over Ruby Riot. Uh, we, well, you know, you got Peyton Royce and Billy Kay, who are still a, a tag team. But mm-hmm. you know, if you ever broke them apart, um, I can, I can, I can see Peyton being built up as a pretty, a pretty good uh, competitor. But you know, we don't see that happening anytime soon. But yeah, uh, yeah other than that, we, you know, we have Nia Jax, which I don't want to see anymore. We have uh, Lana, which is not a good wrestler. Para with Liv. Um, you have uh, Kyrie Sane. Obviously, I don't see Kyrie Sane going up against Asuka. At least not right now. That would mm-hmm. definitely be a great match down the road if they built that right. I don't want that to be a throwaway match because you know, in Kyrie Sane and 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 Asuka, while they have been with uh, WWE for a while, these were two of the greatest wrestlers in the world, women wise, or mm-hmm. even just wrestler in general. They were mm-hmm. those are two, and uh, with Io Shirai, those are three of the best Japanese women's wrestlers in the world and they can get it done you put them in the ring with the right story and enough time and and use the ring psychology because they can they can tell a good story they just usually don't give them the opportunity because you know it's wwe is so scripted down to certain movesets that you know it's very i wouldn't say i guess whitewash is the wrong word i guess wwe washed is more uh, appropriate. <laughs> I like that term. Yeah, because, you know, I, again, I watch wrestling in general. I don't just watch WWE. It's my main source of wrestling, but I'm a fan of New Japan Pro Wrestling. I love uh-huh. Japanese wrestling. I love it. You know, I watch, uh, you know, wrestling in Mexico, whether it be AAA, CMLL. I watch all that stuff. I watch, you know, wrestling in, in, from Canada, from, you know, wrestling in, uh, in you know, United Kingdom, all over the world. I love all types of wrestling in every Every area of the world has different style of wrestling, you know? It's just a lot of people are used to the WWE style and their formula, how they how they do their mm-hmm. thing. But, you know, if you brought a little more of that, you know, that hard-hitting style, you know, uh, that strong style that, that these women like a Kyrie Sane or a Asuka are known for, then it would be a lot more entertaining. But, of course, for the safety of the wrestlers and just how things are run back there— I don't know if we'll ever see that. You know, same thing with, like, Ashinsuke Nakamura. He's already—at this point, I feel like he's just 
coasting because he one he was one of the best wrestlers in the world as well. You know, but as soon as he came to WWE, all that kind of went by the wayside. It was more about his character and his presence more so than what he could do in the ring. So mm-hmm. coming back to to the women wrestlers, yeah, I mean, there's not a lot going on on the on the women's side, but you know, I mean, they they have wrestlers on the on the blue brand on SmackDown that they could um, either trade or bring up there. I mean, it's just. You know they're they're not using a lot of these women wrestlers correctly, at least right now. So it's just it just sucks to not see them be used the way they deserve. Yeah, if Lacey Evans ever you know get, if she ever comes back to Raw, that might be a good um, you know challenger for Oscar. Oh, for sure. I'm a, I'm a fan of Lacey Evans as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I I don't. I guess sometimes I don't give her enough credit because I don't know. Now that she's like, I mean, I loved her heel persona. They could have tweaked a little more um, to work in her favor. But once they turned her face, now I just feel like she's uh, she's just there, and she has mm-hmm. so much potential because she knows how to how to how to portray her character, whether it be a face or a heel. She knows how to dress the, the part. Dress the part, yeah. Yeah, she looks she looks the part. You know, she she's she's a strong, you know, she she's a marine. So mm-hmm. she's 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 she comes off as like a strong you know, you, she looks built. She she obviously looks like she works out cuz she does. So using her in the right way would benefit her, but yeah, she's also in this in a in a in a situation where she's still a big green. You know, like WWE's done their 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 best to kind of hide her her weaknesses and highlight her strengths because she is very agile. She's very athletic, um, but you know, if she could learn a, a little more on, with the ring psychology, because for me, that's that's just as important as knowing how to do a backflip or a dive or whatever is knowing how to tell a story in the ring. Whether you be a female wrestler or a, a male wrestler, it doesn't matter because it's it's all ring psychology. There's no difference between whether it's a man or woman doing it. I mean, I've seen some amazing mat- matches between women. That are that are better than most of the stuff I see between men on 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 Raw or SmackDown or in WWE, you know. So it's just it could be done. I just I mean you just gotta build these characters the right way. But I digress. Yeah, I mean, like for me, as much as I don't want to see Charlotte right now going for Oscar's Raw Women's Championship, as in terms of storytelling, those two women they can tell you a story. I mean, 101%. No, you're right. You're 100% right. I mean, yeah, I mean, because you, you, you know that with, with those type of competitors, you know, you could put you, you could put them in the ring every Monday night for the next year, and they'll they'll always find a way to keep mm-hmm. entertaining because you could tell they love what they're doing. You know, mm-hmm. above all else, they, they love they love what they have the passion for this, you know, and and they have the understanding for this and they have the experience for this. I mean, Oscar has been doing this longer than Charlie. Yes. But Charlotte has picked it up so quick from the moment she went and got in that ring and she comes from that bloodline, you know, she Mm -hmm. comes from that Blair bloodline. So it, 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 it it comes naturally to her, but she does, doesn't use that as an excuse. She worked hard to get to where she is. And although like I keep saying, you know, we keep saying she's been overexposed, but again, that's not her fault. She will still she will still do her best to uh to perform a hell of a match with with whoever she's in the ring with and with someone like Oscar like you said it's always gonna be magic so uh, again if they're gonna go to this feud as the next feud for Oscar I only hope that they just try to tell something uh, tell a different type of story while still implementing their history so that way you have something to invest in for their next match whether it be on a pay per view or as I mentioned tonight on Raw so yeah. I, I, I don't want them to come back to it, but they probably will. But we'll see what, what comes out of it. I know, just save it for next year's WrestleMania. That would be nice. I mean, I doubt right? they keep them apart for it. But if they were to keep them apart that long, I, I wouldn't mind seeing a, a part two at WrestleMania. Only because I want to see Asuka get her win against Charlotte on the main stage. That's my main, main reason. Yeah, I'd love to see that too. Because I, I really thought that their first match against each other, I was hoping for Asuka to win that one. So maybe this is the time when Asuka, maybe she should, you know, finally beat Charlotte. And what, you know, yeah. I don't know, I don't know if Asuka holds any wins. I mean, I don't, I mean, maybe she has by now. It's hard to say. I mean, they've had so many matches, I can't keep track of mm-hmm. if Asuka has, has won any against Charlotte, at least in, in a clean win. Well, at least the last time I saw Raw, right before Backlash, Charlotte said she hasn't, well, Asuka hasn't beaten Charlotte. Okay, there you go. Then, yeah, that could be a good um, uh, motivation for Asuka to 
to try to take out Charlotte, only to try to get that win. As I mentioned, they 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 are having a match tonight, so most likely either Charlotte's gonna win or you know they're gonna do pull out their what WWE loves most, you know uh, the the roll up. Uh, schoolboy to get the win or or some kind of shenan- shenanigans will happen. <laughs> but yeah, I still I definitely would like to see Oscar get uh the win over Charlotte in a championship match on a bigger stage, whether it be a WrestleMania, whether it be the next pay per view, Extreme Rules, uh that yet to be determined. But yeah, I, I guess we've uh beat the dead horse over this one. Uh, so we'll move on to something else on uh was there anything else as far as backlash that you want to discuss? I mean we also have uh you know Bailey and Sasha against Alexa uh, Bliss, Nikki Cross, and Iconics. We also have Sheamus against Jeff Hardy. And I don't know if you want to discuss Braun Strowman and Miz and Morrison. I kind of don't. But you're more than welcome to give opinions on any of those matches. I guess, like, for Sheamus versus Jeff Hardy, I actually thought Jeff Hardy would win. We all did. <laughs> you know, it's like, I, you, that was so hard for Jeff Hardy to, I mean, I guess not just for him, but for all of us who are watching. It was hard for us to relive his past. And and for him to not win, for him to not get that, you know, great payoff at Backlash, I was like, man, really? But then maybe they're setting him up for, for a better redemption down the line. So hopefully, hopefully we see that soon, whether it's against Sheamus or, or, or somebody else. But um, yeah, I was, I mean... <laughs> I guess because maybe WWE, you know, thought, okay, everyone thinks that Jeff Hardy's going to win, so let's throw them all a curveball and make Sheamus win. Right. No, you're, you're right. I mean, I, I totally see. I mean, if WWE doesn't end up giving Jeff Hardy the win in this in this feud, then I, I throw my hands in the air. I just don't know what to do anymore, especially because mm-hmm. they've dragged Jeff through the mud and almost having to make him pay for his sins and all, you know, his dark past. I, But, I mean, WWE is about that happy, you know, that um, that happy moment, or just in general, those moments, you know, and we all are connected, obviously, to Jeff Hardy still, no matter what he does in our eyes, um, you know, besides, you know, killing someone or, you know, you know, impacting, you know, someone, he's always going to, he's always, he's always going to be in our hearts as someone we love to watch on, uh, on the screen because he's so, you know, he's just, so larger than life as a character, you know. Mm-hmm. Jeff Hardy knows how to get he, since the very beginning. I've been a Jeff Hardy guy since day one. You know, when he started, uh, him and Matt started as jobbers in in WWE back in like ninety six, ninety seven. You know, when they were making their own gear, I followed mm-hmm. their entire career. So you know, and again, I'm I'm a fan of both Matt and Jeff. You know, because it's just you know they're both at this point different types of performers in their career. You know, you know, but I I I. Equally, they're to me they're they're great, and um, but as far as Jeff Hardy is, I always lean toward Jeff as my guy because you know he 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 is that guy who's who's trying to like overcome things and you know like he has these demons that he battles. Similar mm-hmm. in a sense, kind of like to Eddie Guerrero, who's my my number one you know wrestler of all time. He's my favorite wrestler, always will be to the day I die. You know he fought those demons, and his story was he was able to overcome them and and come out of it. You know, as a bigger star, finally wins that big one, the WWE Championship. And, you know, you got those stories with Jeff Hardy in WWE at times. You know, when he won the world title, when he won the WWE title, he got to the mountaintop and he got these amazing reactions. So, obviously, Jeff Hardy still sells. And if this was in front of a paying audience, I promise you he'd still be- get those big reactions. And always will because it's, it's Jeff Hardy. So, as far as I digress again, coming back to the Sheamus against, Je- against Jeff, Yes, I expected Jeff to win, but I see as a bigger picture. If I'm writing these shows out, I want to give Jeff. You know, I want you. You want to beat down the, the face a little more before you give him that big, huge win on pay per view. So I see Jeff potentially take, getting um, the win at Extreme Rules. And mm-hmm. you know, keep in mind, um, you know, with the storyline going on with Sheamus and Jeff Hardy, where supposedly Je- uh, Sheamus Sheamus was the one who. Uh, who hijacked his car and all this because you know made it look like it's a DUI, yeah, yeah, all that, all that stuff that you know they they describe the person as a, a, a someone with red hair and mm-hmm. a red beard. Now, while Sheamus does fit that profile, there still is another person right now who's not on TV but does also fit that uh, that description, and that's Sami Zayn. Now they could be holding off on that because. Maybe they want to bring Sami Zayn back into the fold, and you know I, I could easily see a feud between Jeff and and, and Sami Zayn. Oh, okay, you know, okay. Because keep in mind, Sami, he, he, you know, he's he's one of those characters or one of those performers who, you know, he's like 
he, he, people sleep on him because he he's great on the mic. I mean, especially in his last run, he was killing it with the heat on the mic. And of course, we know he can get it done in the ring. I mean, this guy can wrestle great as a heel. Um, of course, people prefer him as a face because he he he's he's kind of like a Johnny Gargano where he's just he's that face you want to root for because he knows how to sell really well. And 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 but being a heel, he's he's honed that craft now. He's figured out how to play that character. I think bringing him back and being the person who was actually behind that, I think that could work. That would be brilliant. Yeah, to bring in Jeff into his next feud and, and go from there. I, I think that they can they can do some great things in the ring too because while Sheamus and Jeff have some decent chemistry, because typically Jeff can work well with any kind of uh, style some, such as you know AJ Styles, <laughs> but you know it, 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 it works with Jeff, and, and so I think that could – potentially be the next feud. Now, will it be Sami Zayn? We don't know. I've heard rumblings about it. I've heard rumors about it. I think it would work also to kind of give a swerve and not make it so obvious that it was Sheamus. And so that way, you know, Sheamus isn't guilted in this. He's just someone who is against Jeff Hardy being the junkie, as he likes to say. So I guess those are my thoughts on on that feud. I mean, I don't know if you want to continue speaking on that. No, I I guess to me, I'm just wondering if, do you think that once we move forward from Jeff Hardy to Sheamus, and if, for example, if it's actually Sami Zayn behind this this whole um, uh, DOI uh, thing for Jeff Hardy, do you think that this will be Jeff Hardy's last ride? Like in terms of you know, like is is he gonna retire after this? That's a great question. I mean, at this point, I know that Jeff has talked about retirement. You know, this being like kind of his, uh, you know, last few years. And while he never really discussed retiring anytime soon, maybe that's something he has considered. Maybe his body's not holding out. And, you know, but, you know, for a lot of guys, sometimes being, you know, being on the road or, or doing this keeps him out of trouble in a sense. I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like Jeff Hardy's one of those guys who, if you continue keeping him in the ring and, you know, in wrestling and whatnot, or even if it's in, AW, for example, you know, if maybe this could be his last run with WWE, and then he goes to join his brother in AW and, and gets to be more free. Because the thing about Jeff Hardy is that he he he's very artistic. There's a lot of things outside of wrestling that he does well. He's an, he you know, he does know how to paint. He is an artist, like actually an artist. You know, he likes a dirt bike. He actually, you know, he's in a band. He's done like music. So Jeff Hardy, he's a jack of all trades, and so you know. I don't know so much if he's still with WWE because, you know, keep in mind, when he was out on injury, he, they pretty much put a pause on his contract, so mm-hmm. he continued when he came back. Who's to say that if he had never had gone out on injury, he could have left with his brother and gone to AEW, and he could have mm-hmm. continued you know, okay. his, his career down there, and that's still a possibility. But to reel it back into this going to be in his last ride, it could be potentially his last ride with WWE. Who knows? I mean, I don't know. It didn't, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily be happy with WWE using my actual real-life dark past into a storyline. I mean, I understand that WWE does that a lot, and they have a history of doing that with many people. And already with Jeff in the past, with a few with CM Punk years ago, they brought his dark past into the storylines, you know? And so, you know, who's to say that Jeff probably, you know, was only doing this because he's being told because, you know, it's his job, but maybe he doesn't like that they're doing this and, you know, he's not maybe giving it his all and we're not seeing the best of Jeff Hardy. So it might seem like he's winding down because of that. But if you put him in a capacity where he could be free, such as an AEW, where you can kind of, you know, tell your own story and, and tell your own mm-hmm. story in the ring and in and, and storylines, he might revitalize himself there. So when it comes to WWE, I mean, the only way it would work is if they turn this into maybe a last run for him to become world champion again. And I spoke about this previously as well, that I can see Jeff Hardy having one more world title run, maybe a universal championship um, or WWE title. I mean, I mean, either, either, or I think if they go on this road of like redemption where he's, you know, conquering his demons and defeating all these people who like a Sheamus, like a Sami Zayn who don't, you know, only see him as a junkie and mm-hmm. Jeff Hardy keeps, you know, taking him down and proving him wrong. Um, you know, I I could see that potentially turning into a, a run at the world championship, especially if they get, uh, you know, paid uh, audiences back back into the building. I can see that happening. The crowd will go wild, and I can totally see Jeff Hardy having uh, at least a run toward the championship. Maybe not so long, much holding the title for a long period of time. And Jeff Hardy's never really held the title that long. And, and even in the past, he probably only had a run maybe a few months with it. But either way, I think it'd be a feel-good story that could accumulate, accumulate uh, at, at a pay-per-view. I wouldn't maybe say a WrestleMania, or you never know. 
But on a big pay per view, I could see it happening. Um, it, I Maybe SummerSlam. Or a SummerSlam. Wait, we're at, yeah. Because what, SummerSlam's like, what, two months away? Something like that, yeah. I think after yeah. Extreme Rules, then it would be a, a SummerSlam. Um, I mean, I doubt that they're going to have crowds by that point, or at least I, w- I should say, uh, like, real fans, not not just performance center uh-huh. uh, trainees. But, um, you know, who knows? Who's to say? We, we don't know what the future holds. But, you know, you can't keep holding out these big moments for crowds, and we don't know when we're getting crowds back. So we can't hold off on these storylines, you know, that are, are, are waiting for that. So just... Tell us good stories, and you know the people at home will will, will show our, our appreciation for it in the ratings or whatever the case may be. You know, wrestling is wrestling, and WWE true. does have their 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 um their fan base that you know that ain't going anywhere. They they're not gonna. I don't see them dropping anything under you know a million uh, for Raw or SmackDown. It's I don't because I feel like the, at least a million people are dedicated to watching this product, no matter how crabby it gets or how great it is. They're not going to lose that 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 built-in fan base. So, I I see Jeff Hardy getting one more run, and as you stated, this could be a good uh a good send off, or at least a good beginning to a send off for a last ride for Jeff Hardy in WWE. Yeah, because I remember him. Um, he had an interview before his first. Um, because you know how they did this like um like uh, intercontinental uh matches between like different wrestlers and he had an interview i don't know if it was before like the first round or in the semifinals i can't remember but he pretty much said he wanted you know like one last run that's why he got back and he joined a tournament so i don't know if he was hinting that he wanted to win one more championship one more title before he retires so that's why I thought he was going to win the IC title. You know what? You bring up a great point, and that's that. I like that you have that attention to detail that I enjoy with wrestling fans who who, who noticed that because I remember that as well. And then I guess I kind of forgot about it as the, this feud with Sheamus continued on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're right. I mean, this could, those could have been the the seeds they were planting. You know, which they could easily you know use in, in future video packages when they make this more mm-hmm. clear as far as what he if this is his last run. But I could totally see that being you know Jeff wants to have. One final title run, and maybe, and yeah, he didn't get it done with the IC title. But what if after a few, you know, a few feuds, he he feels that resurgence, that feeling again to get that one last run with the world title, and in this case, being yeah. down, it'd be the universal title. So that's a great way to kind of uh, thread it all in together and bring it all back home uh, with that. So yeah, I totally see that working. I mean, I, if if it could be done with anyone right now on the roster. Jeff Hardy is one of those individuals outside of maybe like an edge. Cause I also spoke on that, that I could see edge, you know, if he didn't, hadn't gotten injured, which they could still do when he comes back. Cause keep in mind, he did sign a three year deal. So he's not going anywhere. He's mm-hmm. going to be back. You know, he's not going to wrestle as often, obviously, uh, but I see him coming back and, and, and also having that last run type of deal where again, he likes to mention he wants to end on his terms mm-hmm. and on his terms, it could be, you know, going for that, that last world championship that, you know, because keep in mind, he retired, as world champion, you know, he, he, he had to give up the title. He had to retire early. And, you know, that's when um, Alberto Del Rio and Christian wrestled for the world championship, which uh, Christian ended up winning his first world title. So I totally see Edge kind of, you know, wanting to get that last that that last championship run where it's on his terms and, in, and you know, essentially call it a career on his terms. So I can kind of see the same thing with Jeff Hardy, but not maybe to that extreme because I, I, I see Hardy maybe having a couple more years in him. Especially if he slows down his uh his um uh, schedule to maybe wrestling a couple mm-hmm. matches a year, he could probably get another five years out of his career, um you know. And I I totally see that as a benefit to him, you know, because and and later in your later years, you don't want to abuse the body too much, but you also don't want to, you know, cut it out completely. Because you know, with these wrestlers, they the fact that they wrestle so many times a week, it, it, that it, that builds the callus in their body so they'll be able to not feel the bumps or feel the bruises as often. The body's conditioned to it. Whereas mm-hmm. if you're wrestling like, like on a schedule like Undertaker or like Triple H, they've mentioned this before as well, that you know when you're only wrestling one time a year, you feel it more. You, it takes more time to get prepared for it, and it takes even more time to recover from it because you're not in their Body's the not used to it anymore. Yeah, you got that ring rust. You're not used to it. Your mm-hmm. body, it's not that they're not used to it because they got the mentality, got the ring psychology. They could, they could wrestle broomsticks and make it work like Shawn Michaels. Um, but, yeah, I mean, as far as, like, the, the, the conditioning of the body, you know, you could practice, you know, beating the ring every so often. But if you're not out there like the current full-time guys doing it in 
day in day out, you know, you're going to feel it more. And so, yeah, I can I can back coming back again to to Jeff Hardy. Um, you know, he could slow it down a little bit, but not too much um, where he can still be able to live his life, do what he loves to do and still be able to come back and, and wrestle great matches. So yeah, if the Fiend comes back and um, wins the universal uh, title from Braun Strowman, I think that would be a good match of the Fiend versus Jeff Hardy. Yeah, I just, <laughs> I you know, Jeff with face pain, he can kind of um, inspire himself to kind of do like a fiend like, uh, you know, face pain. Can, you could do one, you know, Jeff, I know he can bring that artistic side out of that. Between him and, and Bray Wyatt, they totally can make that happen. You know, that's yeah. a good feud I would love to see down the road. See, now you got my head, uh, you know, um, working on this. So let's go ahead and, and start wrapping this up. We're, we're uh, coming to the close of the podcast. So was there anything else you want to discuss as far as backlash or just wrestling in general? Any like final thoughts? Just wrestling in general, I'm excited about um, Rey Mysterio's son finally, uh, you know, showing up in the ring. I mean, I kind of want to see if, um, I don't know, I'm not sure if uh, Dominic has wrestled before. Uh, I've heard that he's interested in becoming a pro wrestler too, but I am not sure if he had any, if he has any background or if he's done any wrestling before, but I'm excited to see what's, uh, what's up for him. Yeah, for sure. I mean, as far as Dominic goes, I can speak a little bit on that. Um, he actually has been training at the Performance Center for quite some time. Um, okay. Yeah, it's been probably, I'd probably say a little more than a year. You know, Ray pretty much, you know, kind of took him under his wing at first, you know, teaching him, the, the, you know, the foundation, which, you know, you couldn't learn from anyone better than a Ray Mysterio, which is your father. But, you know, he, he, he brought him around here, and you know, uh, to WWE, and he's getting his, his footing there. So, He's he's training, and I don't know. I wouldn't necessarily say he's had any matches yet. Not at least not in front of an audience. Mm-hmm. But you know, you know, when you're training, you know, during training, you do you know matches uh, in front of like you know the trainers and and mm-hmm. so on and so forth to see if you have an understanding of what you're doing, the psychology of all that, um, the conditioning, you know, not getting blown out in the ring, knowing how to move from transition from spot to spot, all that good stuff that goes into wrestling training. Um, he has been doing it for a while, so I think they're slowly starting to bring him on to. Uh, to Raw a little more, but more and more, especially with this whole Monday Night Messiah thing and Ray, mm-hmm. um, they're trying to weave him in there, Dominic slowly to uh, to see if it works, if if they can make uh, an angle out of it. I mean, we don't we, we don't have to touch on it too much, but I I see this going um, being uh, being a swerve where Dominic does end up joining the um you know Seth Rollins, um, and that whole Messiah team. Um, whether that happens sooner than later is yet to be seen, but I totally see that coming. But um, in, in, honest, in all honesty, it might be a good way to bring Dominic onto the roster on a, in a more full-time role um, mm-hmm. and, and not make it seem like it's being forced on us. You know, you can keep him as a, a disciple, kind of like how Murphy and, and uh, Austin Theory, you know, they're, they're the background players. They don't say much. They don't need to say much. They speak with their, you know, with their actions. And they don't always have to be in matches. And with Dominic, you can h- hide his, his weaknesses and you can... Um, you kind of and bring the strengths out by just having them, you know, be by the side of Seth Rollins and make it work that way. And after a few months, you know, you can, you know, because I can see it as Seth brainwashes Dominic, and you know, it raise on this, this mission to bring his son back from, you know, from the cult, and you know, and they could end in a feel good moment where you know Dominic ends up going back with Ray and they defeat Seth Rollins in the end, and you know, that's the end of the angle. That's where I see it going. Yeah, like to me, I was just hoping for. I kind of like the same thing. Like I was thinking of maybe Dominic would be joining, you know, Seth and Murphy and, and Austin Theory. But I was thinking maybe Seth would bring out, you know, like someone who would copy Rey Mysterio. So Dominic would come out like in a mask. And then later on, it will be revealed as Dominic. Yeah. Um, being I mean, a part of their cult. But, um, do that, but they've already done similar yeah, I know. Scene. That was, so, yeah. That, yeah, that was kind of like my thing before. I was like, oh, if they're going to use Dominic, I feel like, okay, since, you know, Seth Rollins has been feuding with Rey Mysterio, that would have been the perfect opportunity to kind of like hit the dagger on Rey. It really would. I mean, I, and technically they could still try to do that, but I mean, at this point, since they've already kind of been, been, been bringing Dominic on more often, it'd be kind of hard to go that route. But, mm-hmm. And again, like we mentioned, uh, they did already something similar on NXT, which we didn't speak on NXT, but that's okay. But um, yeah, I, I I totally think that uh, that's the route they're going with Dominic. They're gonna, I feel him. He's gonna he's gonna turn on his dad. He's gonna get and and I see I see it as more as like he got brainwashed. I wouldn't say that he totally turns like full on heel uh, and does super heelish things, but that like Seth was maybe in his ear 
and, you know, kind of churned Dominic against his father and showed him, like, this is the right way to go. Don't follow your father. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll, we, we, can, we, we can be patient and see where this goes. But, yeah, that's definitely uh, one way to go about it. Is there anything else you want to speak on before we wrap things up? Uh, I guess for now, that's it. When we talk about Oscar and Charlotte, um, I can't think of anything else that I would want to rant about. <laughs> that's all right. Well, we have plenty of the opportunities to do so, you know. Um, so, but as far as, as I go, I mean, I, I, to at least end it on, on something, you know, I, I've, I've been enjoying wrestling a little bit more lately. You know, I mean, it's, uh-huh. it's always hard to keep up with so much wrestling because, you know, I, I do my best to keep up with everything across the board. You know, three hours of Raw two hours of NXT, two hours of AEW, and then another two hours of SmackDown. And then on occasion, sometimes two hours of uh, Impact um, that are, I believe is on uh-huh. Tuesday. So I, 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 I keep myself busy. And, you know, and it's, 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 it's nice to be able to look forward to certain things and certain storylines, especially during this, you know, this pandemic. You know, I, 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 spend, know. Uh, I, I know it, I need things to keep me entertained. And since wrestling is my number one thing outside of like maybe make music and stuff, that keeps me entertained or like reading uh it's it's my, my my passion so when i can look forward to watching what i love it's always a positive so i guess i can end it on that and before we go i want to make sure that the uh the audience uh, out there listening in podcast land gets to, uh, uh gets to hear where they can uh, find you so where can they find you so you guys can follow me on um youtube you can find me there on youtube.com slash wwe what if or if you're on instagram you can follow me at WWE What If, or if you're on Twitter, it'll be at WWE underscore What If. There you go. And also, I forgot to mention at the top of the show, so I'll take the opportunity to do it here. Um, I want to mention to all our Seam listeners, if you haven't done so already, also please go po- follow the podcast official Instagram account at Talk Is Money, all one word, and on Twitter, Talk Is Money Pod. Also follow us and subscribe on all the following platforms on SoundCloud. You can find us on Spotify. And we're also on Apple and Google Podcasts. And with that being said, my name is Bobby Money. Her name was Rain. And this was Talk Is Money. Hey, Talk Money. If you don't talk that, mm, don't talk to me. If you on top facts, then you must talk funny. Hit it off with your bra real raw like it's Monday and must be. All the cash I make on the day to day. While she make a way to the casa, she bots up my Jake the Snake. This in the rough, get gone. I got place to make. I got the juice like moving through. I make moves. This shit like pay per views. I pay dues. Bobby Money made that flame. I came through whole bars like there ain't no rules. Talk to me. up the top row. Big splash. Money, top 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 money, top